Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, today's message. Right, we could just bring it all back together before I start dancing up here. <clears throat> all right, well, good morning. Pastor David is in Virginia preaching at River City Church, so he has given me the opportunity to speak with you today, and it's going to be my pleasure to do so. Matter of fact, he's going on vacation tomorrow, so he's given my first opportunity to preach a sermon series. Yeah, you can clap about that, unless I stink, and then you don't have to clap, right? No, but I, I really appreciate that. We're going to be talking about the church, and that video, and a lot of things that were said this morning were actually not necessarily planned, but it's just the way that God works it out. God is really speaking to me over the past several months about, um, you know, what the church is. What is the church? And how well do we know? are part of it. So we're going to be talking over the next several weeks about the church. So, and you know, I'm a teacher, so I'm going to be asking questions, and I totally want feedback and, and you know, communication from the audience, okay? So the first question that we're going to start out with is, what is the church? All right, so who can, who can throw something out? What is the church? The people. All right, very good. What else? A body of believers. All right, what else? Mm, body of Christ. All right. Well, we've got a few answers out there. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. A lot of people have a misconception of what the church is. So I started looking into it. And I, wanted to, I went to the old Webster's Dictionary. And I looked up the definition of a church. And this is what Webster's has to say. It's a building that is used for Christian religious services. I looked up in several different places, and they all came back to the same thing that said that it's a place where people go to worship God. Is that the truth? Well, we're going to dispel some of the, the myths that, about the church this morning, and we're going to be looking at what the church really is. And the word in the Greek, when you see church in the New Testament, actually comes from the root word, which is ekklesia which means the, an assembly or the called out ones. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm calling you out. Now, when you say you're calling somebody out, that's usually mean you're going to fight, right? But in this sense, it's, it's Jesus or God calling us out and setting us apart for a purpose. So we are the called out ones. Everybody say, I am called out. You are. It's kind of ironic that uh, when you ask somebody about what, hey, what, what, what church do you go to? What, does you, what are your answers do you get? Well, I go to Valley, which is okay. That's cool. Got an identifier. But you'll hear, well, I go to the Baptist church, or I go to the, uh, the Catholic church, or I go to the whatever, right? I go to blah, dot, dot, dot. But in reality, the church is much bigger than that, isn't it? It's much bigger than a name or a building that we place on it. We are the church, people. And we are part of the body of Christ. 
And this, when I, when I read this and I was praying about this and was going through it, I don't know if this, I came up with this or if I stole it from somewhere, but it's good. And I'll take credit for it. The body of Christ is made up of believers from the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down and they had tongues of fire and people were saved from that day until the day that Jesus Christ comes back in the clouds on his glorious appearance, that is the church. Everybody that has put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that is the church. Billions. Think about that for a second. The church is billions of believers. So my first part of this is uh, building versus people. In Ephesians, it, it says, 1, uh, 22 and 23, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus, I mean, God gave the church to Christ to be his body and that he's going to fulfill everything within it. That is scary because that means we have responsibility, doesn't it? The fullness of him who fills all in all. He's going to do it all. But you know who he's going to do it all through? Us. So understanding who we are is essential in completing the mission that he's given us. So today, let's look at that. Are we a building or are we a people? Come on, say it. Say we are his people. Say it loud, say it proud. That's better. Didn't that feel a lot better? Yes, it did. We are his people. We are not a building, and we are not an organization. Did you know that? That's another definition. It talks about <clears throat> the church being an organization. Let's see. An organization, organized body of people with a particular purpose, especially a business, society, association, etc. Well, an organization, the interesting thing, if you look at an organization, it usually starts out with a purpose, doesn't it? An organization, it comes together and say, okay, this is going to be our vision, this is going to be our goal, this is going to be our mandate, this is what we're going to do. And then as that thing grows, people are excited about it, and we're putting all this hard work into it. Excuse me. And it starts to grow and starts to grow and starts to grow, and it gets big. It gets big. So what has to take place? We have to put systems in place to maintain the organization, right? We have got to put rules and regulations and systems and all these different things. If you study business or, you know, I, I studied some industrial psychology, and that's going in and looking at systems and helping improve systems and communication within those systems so the organization can get larger. So the focus of an organization tends to be maintenance, Let's maintain our systems, create new systems so that we can get bigger. Does that, is that the church that you want? No, that's not the church that I want. That's not the church that Jesus Christ died for. 
The church that Jesus died for is not an organization, but it's an organism. Think about that for a second with that awesome thunder in the background going. Is that thunder? That was cool timing. (laughs) Organism. An organism is a whole with independent parts, likened to a living being. In an organism, ministry becomes the focus. So in an organization, maintenance and growth become the focus. But in an organism, ministry becomes the focus. You know, so I was like, okay, well, let's check out ministry. Let's look it up, see what the definition of ministry is. Man, let me tell you, I wish they'd let me rewrite the dictionary. Because there's not any good definition of ministry out there. What do you guys think ministry is? Don't be shy, come on. Outreach, okay. Serving others. Hmm? Sharing. Teaching. Loving. I like that. Yeah, you got to love one another. I told, (laughs) it's funny, I was in the shower. It's kind of something personal, but I was in the shower. I'm an open book, by the way, man. I was in the shower, and I was thinking, gospel, man, gospel, gospel. And it it hit me, and God said, you can explain the gospel in four words, the entire thing in four words. So I step out of the door, and George, where's George? Is he here, George Cecil? He's not one of my uh, children, but he's over at my house so much, I call him one of my table children. You guys ever heard that term? He eats at my house so much, he's one of my table children. So I, cu- I come out the door. I'm all excited about this thing that God gave me in the shower. I open up the door to my towel, and there's George. I'm like, hey, George. He's like, hey, Pastor Jamie. I said, George, I can explain the gospel in four words. He said, okay. <laughs> love God. Love others. whole gospel in four words he goes okay (laughs) i love that guy i could tell you some more but it's embarrassing or me one of the two i'm not sure so we are an an organism and you know miss uh, pearl told me she said you know an organism never is never still even at the microscopic level, if you look at a microscope, it's moving. It's, I mean, an organism is just vibrant, and it's just moving all the time. Even when it appears to be still, it's actually moving. That's the way I feel inside, by the way. <laughs> this is for free. Just moving all the time. Anybody with me? 1 Corinthians 12, 12. We're going we're gonna to take a look. You can turn there in your Bibles. We're going to take a look at this concept of an organism, because an organism typically makes up of a what? It's a body, right? It's, it's a, I mean, parts come together and make up an organism, which is a body. So are we, the question is, are we a part? Are we a body? All right, so let's take a look. A body is made up of many parts. If there were, if, if you were cut off a part of the body, what would happen? So if you were to chop that baby off and lay it aside and, and tourniquet that thing, so that the rest of us lives. What's going to happen to that part? 
it's going to die. It's going to shrivel. It's going to wither. And it's not going to fulfill the purpose for which it was created. You know that there's an enemy of your soul? His name's Satan. And he wants to cut you off from the body. He wants to isolate you. Because in isolation, you are not fulfilling the purpose for which God created you. You're withering in your faith. You're withering in your walk, your relationship with him. Your talents and your gifts are not being uh, realized. You're not being used for what you were created, for the intended purpose. Let's read in 1 Corinthians It really illustrates it well. We're going to start uh, in 12.12. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If a foot says, because I am not the hand, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any the less a part of the body. If an ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason any less than a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? Man, when I'm reading the Bible, I... (laughs) I kind of picture myself as a big eyeball. <laughs> That'd be kind of wild, right? I'm a big eye. But I can't hear. I can't smell. I can't touch. I can't do any of those things. What good would I be? But now God has placed uh, the members, each one of them, in the body just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members but one body. And the eye cannot uh, say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary... It is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which were deemed less honorable, on these we bestow more uh, abundant honor. And on the, <clears throat> our less presentable members become more uh, presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it, but God has so Uh, composed the body, giving more abundant honor to the members which lack, so that there may be no division among the body, but that the members may have the same care of one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice. Now you are Christ's body and individual members of it. We are Christ's body. When one suffers, we all suffer. 
But, you know, there's some, uh, some personal responsibility within this. Because, you know, just like if you look at the body, this is an organism. If I, if I touch something hot, if I just accidentally touch the burner, man, what am I going to do? Man, that joker's coming back quick, isn't it? And Randy, uh, or somebody pointed out, somebody pointed out, Jim pointed out in the, uh, in the break, he was saying, I thought you were going here. I'm like, well, I'm going to use that next service. Thanks a lot. <clears throat> I like stealing things. All right, <laughs> from people. He's like, yeah, when you touch something, you pull it in to the body. Right? So if we get hurt, if something happens, if Pastor Jamie doesn't say hi to you and it hurts your feelings, oh, this is kind of a joke, but I mean, aren't we, doesn't that happen? Well, he didn't, man, he walked right past me and just ignored me. I have 10 million things in my mind, I'm sorry. But you know, we have to communicate, that personal responsibility is that we have to communicate with one another, right? Now, in the body, in the body, a perfect system, that communication is going to be flawless, right? It's going to be instantaneous. But we, we haven't reached perfection yet, have we? We're going to in the end, aren't we? We will be a perfect, spotless bride. But we're still in that process. So personal responsibility in this is that you have to communicate. You have to get real with somebody. You have to have somebody that you're, you're connected to in the body, right? You have to communicate and let them know that something's going on in your life. It comes, <coughs> you know, it comes through relationship. I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe I am. But we have to take that responsibility. And it happens in, the, in relationship with one another that we get folded in and that we get connected to one another that we start to learn and to, to get healed up. So, okay, Pastor Jamie, we know what the body is. We're a people, all right? I'm sorry. We're a people, not a building, right? So everybody say, we're a people. We're an organism. We're a body. Okay, Pastor Jamie, we got it. And we all know that. How many people did not know that? You don't have to raise your hand. That was one of those rhetorical questions. How many people did not know that? Well, most of us knew that. But how many people actually apply it and live it? That's the trickier part, isn't it? <clears throat> what do we have to do? Well, you could be sitting out there going, man, I don't know what that guy's talking about. You're crazy. And most likely, it's because you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. Body, organism, what about, what's, that, what's he talking about? Once you give your life to Jesus Christ, you become part of the body. It says in Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. You will never find your purpose if you're not part of the body. Did you know that? A couple years ago, <clears throat> where's Devin at? I told him in the last service he had to close his ears because I didn't want his head to get big. My son, he's 20. Devin can play like five instruments, seriously. He, he's really good. He's a really good musician, playing the guitar, play the piano, play the drums, play, you know. <clears throat> when he was like 15 or 16, I don't know, um, somebody gave him this eight-track. Dan Smith gave him this recorder. 
that allows him to lay down tracks from different instruments, right? So I'd hear him up there playing his guitar, laying down the tracks. And then he'd play the acoustic guitar and lay down the tracks. Then he'd play the bass guitar and lay down the tracks. Then he'd play the drums and lay down the tracks. Then he'd play, you know, he'd play all the instruments. And at the end, he'd have, and then he'd go into the computer and he would, like, you know, compose the music and everything, production side. He'd get it all put packaged and put together and have a song where he was playing all the instruments. That was pretty cool, huh? So when he was 18, so he had this opportunity to go to a college in uh, Florida called Full Sail University, which is a, is a pretty big media school. And, I mean, you go there, most likely you're going to be working in, in, you know, production in, you know, the world. <clears throat> so Devin was faced with two opportunities. He could go there, and that school's like $40,000 a year. And we applied, and we, you know, sent some of his songs that he had, had written, and we sent uh, the videos of the, of the music that he had written for George. You know, George does video and makes mo- little movies and stuff. And George had submitted some things to a college f- for a movie, and Devin had written the music for it and stuff. So we submitted that. We submitted all these different works that he did, and we had gotten it down to $5,000 a semester. So it was going to be about ten grand a year to send him to this $40,000 a year school. So I was like, all right, son, I'll do whatever it takes. We'll just believe God, you know. We can, we can swing about five probably a year, so we'll just believe God for the other five, and we're going to find it one way or the other. I said, but I'm going to leave it up to you to go to this school or a school in Fayetteville, which uh, Grace College of Divinity, for ministry. And, and you're going to do an internship there, so you're going to be working like 80 hours a week, <laughs> like 40 hours of school and 40 hours of work. I mean, you're going to be dogging it for two years in this uh, two-year intensive. And I said, I'm going to leave it up to you. But at the end, you know what he decided? He decided to go to the Bible college. And inside, I was going, yes! Because he realized to some level that I wasn't created to be a rock star. I was created to bring praise to his name with my gifts and my talents. I'm going to use the fact that I can play all these instruments. I'm going to use the fact that I can sing. I'm going to use what gifts God has given me to bring praise to his name. That's what we want, parents, don't we? Do you want to see your kids come into the knowledge of who God has created them to be and for them to walk in that all the days of their lives? That's what you should be praying over them every night, every single night, and let them hear you. I believe that you're going to know what God has called you to be. I believe that you're going to walk in his presence all the days of your life. You're going to marry a godly young man or a godly young woman. You're going to have godly children, and you're going to make an impact on this community and this world for Jesus Christ. That's what we should be praying over our, our kids. And when they do that, man, we just, whoa! It brings joy. But it starts with us. We have to be casting that vision. But the first step is accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. That's the first step. We have to know Jesus. And Jesus has to be real to us. The second step you know what? We got to get healed up. Once we accept Jesus into our hearts, we got to get healed up. Now, just because we ask Jesus into our hearts doesn't make us like, woohoo, I'm good to go. I'm just going to sit right here. But so many of us do that. We get that fire insurance. 
but then we don't ever do anything. And what we have to do, the next, see, I'm giving you guys some next steps. And you know what? This crazy thing is, we could be at any place in this process and then go forward and go back. Do you know that? So we're going to go through the, the four steps that it takes of what we're supposed to be doing as a church. And then I'm going to have you do some reflection this week. Where are you at? What's your next step? Okay? Second step, get delivered and healed. Healing comes in the context of relationship. James 5.16, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, mm, that was kind of weak, you may be healed. Healing comes in the context of relationship. If you're isolated, an island to yourself over here, there's not much healing that's going to take place. Because until you come face to face with a brother or a sister, and you can look right here, eye to eye, and you can say, brother, I need help. I'm weak in this area, and I need somebody to stand with me. And you can get real and take, take that mask off, because we're all faking it, right? You can take that mask off and you can look him in the eye and say, I need you, man. This is where I'm weak. I need your help. You know that old adage, your chain's only as strong as its weakest link? You are only as strong as your weakest secret. Think about that for a second. I've got a secret. And I can only sustain the amount of weight of ministry and pressure of ministry is that weakest secret that I have. But once I invite Jesus Christ into that, and once I invite another person into that, and they come alongside me and they strengthen me, then guess what? I can sustain the weight of ministry because it is your job to be the minister. Did you know that? Did you know that the Bible says that Pastor David, Pastor Bobby, and myself, we are supposed to equip you to do the works of the ministry. It doesn't say that we're supposed to do the ministry. Matter of fact, at the Church of the Highlands, the uh, place we just visited this week, the pastor, uh, one of the pastors told me, if Pastor Chris comes out and he sees us doing ministry, one of the pastors doing ministry, he's going to fire us. Well, that's serious, man. Because our focus and our mindset should be totally on preparing you to do the ministry. You know, and, and pastor, pastors have their own giftings, right? So we do operate, so don't get me wrong, we do operate in ministry. But in reality, we're, most of our time is supposed to be equipping you to do it. I promise you, if you're sick and in the hospital, you don't want me coming to see you. Because you know what my lowest spiritual gift is? Mercy. You know what my wife's lowest spiritual gift is? Mercy. Poor children. They just don't have it. Man, they just, man, just ask them. One day we were down at the park and we were, you know, Ethan was riding his bike and having a good time. You know, he was kind of little at that time. He hit a pothole, boom, handlebars went sideways and boom, and his face went right into the end of the handlebars. Well, of course, the, the end of the 
grip was torn off, so it was the metal tube exposed, right? So it was like, and it splits his nose open, you know, and he's bleeding all over the place crying, and I'm like, oh, be quiet. I can't see. Just hold still. You'll be all right, you know. He's all calmed down, good to go, you know, but you'll be all right. Get some super glue on. Stick that thing together. Kim comes driving up and you know in the car and he sees mommy. <laughs> Kim's like, get over it, man. What's wrong with you? Let me see. Yeah, we better take him to the emergency room. Come on. See, I wouldn't I shoot, I was just going to Walmart and get some super glue. Kim has a little bit more than me. She took him to the emergency room. You want Pastor Bobby to come see you at the hospital. Because, you know, I'm like 82nd Airborne, you know, black belt, five martial arts. And I'm like, you don't need that leg. Come on. Let's, let's go. You know? Seriously. We need to know how God has created us so that we can function within the body and, and fulfill the purpose that God has designed us for. And if you're not part of the body, then you're never going to find that purpose. So if we come into relationship, we get saved, we get healed up, we start, you know, discovering, that's the third step, discover your purpose, who God has created you to be. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, we, we do this thing in uh, Elevate. Three. It's called the shape. How many people have figured out your shape? All right, let's go through. Wow. Come on, raise your hand if you know what your shape is. Woo, we in trouble, church. <laughs> we got to know what our shape is. And shape stands for spiritual gift. How many know what your spiritual gift is? Okay. What's your spiritual gift, Karen? Teaching. What's your spiritual gift? Healing. Okay, I have bad hearing, so you have to speak up. All right, what else? Who else knows their spiritual gift? Service. See, we're all gifted in such a way that God has created us for a purpose to this local body. That's something I haven't got into. So we have the church that's like from Pentecost to Revelations, we have the church, but we also have a local body of believers that come together, and you are gifted for a purpose in this body to serve something in this house, in this body. Spiritual gifts, S. H, your heart, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about kids? Do you have a teaching gift? Right over into children's ministry. Spiritual gift, heart, aptitude. What are you good at? What has God naturally gifted you at? God has not naturally gifted me at dance. I'm like, God has not naturally gifted me at playing the drums. My brother taught me to try it. He was a great drummer. If you ever lived with a drummer, you know how crazy that can be because they're tapping on everything. I couldn't get my hand, my feet, doing different things, rhythm. I mean, forget it. Right? But God has naturally gifted me at other things. Running my mouth. 
great at that. <laughs> uh -huh. So, talking. I had a teacher tell me, he says, I don't know what you're going to do for a living, but I know it's going to be using your mouth. <laughs> I actually had a teacher tell me that in high school. It's like, okay, great, thanks. But once we find out, okay, S-H-A, aptitude, P, personality. What is your personality? Introvert, extrovert, phlegmatic, melancholy? What are you? Do you know? I'm a sanguine. <laughs> Life's a party. <laughs> you know, let's have a good time. And then the last thing is your experiences. What have you experienced in life? Because if you've walked a hard road and you've got something to offer somebody and you have a, maybe a compassion or you have a high on the mercy side, maybe you need to be a counselor. Maybe you need to sit down with uh, somebody that's walking down the road that you went down and needed to help them through it. That's how the body, body ministers to one another, by recognizing our gifts, our talents, our experiences, our passions, taking all that into account and then using it for the overall health of the body. That's what we're here for. Fourth step, life is found in fulfilling your purpose by serving others. The greatest thing in the Christian walk, once you get to this point, is to realize that church the body, everything, is no longer about you. What about me? What about me? You guys ever seen Captain Hook? Shmi, shmi, shmi. What about me? That's what we. That's what we. That's what we do. Like, what about me? What about me? What about me? It's no longer about you. It's about the person sitting next to you. It's about the person out there on the street. It's about the person that you're going to meet in the grocery store. It's about the person that you're sitting to uh, on the bus. It's about the person that you're sitting to next to you in class. It's about all the people that are around you. It is no longer about you because you sacrifice, you lay your life down, and Christ lives through you, and it's no longer about you. It's about him and them. Everybody say Amen. Everybody look at somebody and say, it's not about you. <laughs> Husband's wife are going, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's not about me. I'm going to show you what's not about me. <laughs> Ecclesia, the called out ones. You are the called out ones. You were created for a purpose. God has gifted you to serve in the local body of believers. It is through fulfilling this call that you will become the church. So today I started with a question. What is the church? I'm going to leave you with a greater question. Who is the church? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for everything that you are doing. Go ahead and stand up with me this morning. Can I have my uh, prayer team come? Lord, it begins with acknowledging you. It all begins with acknowledging you.
Lord, and asking you into our hearts. Without that, we will never be part of the body. We'll never find our purpose. So that's the starting place. So I pray right now, Lord, if there's anybody in here that does not know you as their personal Savior, I'm not going to ask you to do anything funny or come down front or do anything like that. Just raise your hand. Only I'm looking around. Raise your hand. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart and you want to know Christ as your personal Savior, that's what it's all about. Nothing else matters. Nothing matters at this moment except for that. To have the knowledge that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior. That you love Him and He loves you more than anything else in the world. If you want to know Jesus as your personal Savior, raise your hand. us if you, I mean, nobody raised their hand, so we must all be family. You must be part of the body. So your next step, if you are in that first group, you've asked Jesus into your heart, but you're still wounded, you're still, you know, struggling, you're still having a hard time, well, your next step is to get into a small group. It's to get into a relationship with somebody so that you can be healed, so that you can come face to face and you can be real with somebody and that they can stand firm with you and declare God's word over your life and stand strong so that you can walk through whatever you got to walk through and be healed from whatever damage has been done. That might be your next step. Maybe you've already done that, but you haven't figured out. You've been coming every Sunday, but you haven't figured out your place yet. Well, maybe you need to go to Elevate uh, 234 and find out how God's created you so that you can be put into to play, so you can be put into action, to be part of the body, to be used with your gifts and talents. There's nothing more fulfilling than serving where you're gifted. It'll bring life. It'll bring joy. <laughs> it's not going to add something to your week. It's going to be the highlight of your week because you're going to be finally doing something that you were exactly created to do. Maybe you are serving. Maybe you, or excuse me, maybe you know how you're gifted. Well, now it's, it's time to get busy. It's time for it to be about everybody else coming to know Jesus Christ, using your gifts and talents and reaching the lost. That is our primary objective. The purpose of this body right here is to reach the lost, to assimilate them into the body, teach them heal them up, teach them how to know their gifts and talents and then put them into, into practice as well. That's our mission, church. So I just pray right now, whatever step you're at, that you be encouraged this week to take the next step. Whatever it takes, take the next step in becoming the church. And look in the mirror in the morning and say, I am the church. In Jesus' name I pray.